Well, a lot of food. Just eating in general, but like like the hook one, like red beans and rice. Red beans and rice. Love them so much, I could eat a plate twice. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Even fucking Popeyes has good red beans and rice. If you can get it, I know it's an ex- it's an exclusive item in some places. Bro, that's I, like, I've gotten, I've like gotten well, no, I'm saying, that. but like, there's some I've been to and you can't get it. it sucks. That's, that's because stupid. some places, like, what am I talking about? What, um, that's like a universal about. thing. Like, no matter where you are in the world, you can get some beans and rice. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I had their I had their chicken sandwich for the first time the other day. I had yeah, it. I had it. Like, I still haven't had. I was lucky it. and I got it. Like it's a couple of days after it, it like got really big. Yeah, where like some people lying, died for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it was a good chicken sandwich. I wouldn't. It. I wouldn't die for it. No. But it was a good chicken sandwich. I wouldn't die for the best chicken sandwich. Yeah. In the world. People died for that. That's well, okay. Welcome like back pe- to an, welcome back to another episode of the Mud Pit Podcast. Mud Pit hey! Podcast. P p p p p p p. Yeah, how's it hanging, boys? It's been a minute since we've it's actually been all been together. Been chilling, you know. Fred, you know what? Feels good to be back. Yeah. Feel good to be back. You feel? I feel great, you dude. You're back, and you're in black, bro. All you black. Are, Other than the hat, you Other good. Other than the hat, I'm all blacked out. I mean, the hat's out. got a little black in it. <laughs> blacked out Tuesday. Hashtag blacked out it's Tuesday. It's Thursday, bro. Thursday, bro. I don't give a fuck. Ah, oh, all right. <laughs> time doesn't affect this man. <laughs> yeah. Time isn't real. real Flat can't make time. a team, but time can't touch it. Yeah, how you all been? What you been up to? Working. Working. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Doing At nothing. All. I just watched, I watched the walls. <laughs> and my first thought was a Pink Floyd movie. I was like, all right, that makes sense. But I was like, wait, no, he's talking about just looking at the wall. <laughs> no, just watching the wall. Do you have a favorite wall? What's your Do you guys have a favorite wall in your house? I have a favorite wall in my house. Absolutely. For some reason, in my room, mm. the top of the ceiling, there's like this, like, something's leaking. Or something's like trickling down the wall, and also the drywall like is kind of cracked a little bit. Yeah. So it's a fun little wall to watch. Yeah, yeah nice. New hmm. things every time. I, have you guys ever been in my room in the basement? Yes. In my yeah. house, you know that one wall that's like fake wood. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my favorite wall. That's. I like fake wood. I have a sec- I have a secret door in that. I know I probably showed you a secret door. Yeah. There's a secret door built into that wall, and there's a crack. Put it in a sock. I, I, you know, I'm kind of with you. We got like a big, uh, it was, it's all flooring on this one wall that goes down my staircase. That's exactly what I like that. I like that yeah. wall a lot. It's pretty good. I got, um, yeah. I've actually been, I organized my comics this week, but I rearranged my comic wall. I thought That's he was going to say I rearranged my walls. Like, <laughs> I rearranged <laughs> my walls. <laughs> we went from a nice 45 degree to a cool 30 degree. Sam oh, lives in like, <laughs> he lives in a, a huge sized Lego house. I live <laughs> just <laughs> take apart. I live in a rhombus. <laughs> in a rhombus. <laughs> a Lincoln log. So, yeah. Yeah, so. We're back here today to talk about some badass moments throughout history. History's been full of some pretty badass moments, some pretty shitty moments. I think a lot of shitty moments. A lot of shitty moments. A lot more shitty than there have been badass. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're we're pumping along. We're pumping along. History be wild for sure. Yeah. What makes something badass? One thing that I tried to find when I was trying to find the the subject I was going to talk about today, you know, it came came to me fairly quickly, but. I tried to find something that that not only was badass but stood above other badass moments, specifically yeah. in you know the the context that this moment was in. Um, I decided to talk today about the the pitcher, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher, 
Doc Ellis. And June 12th, 1970, he threw a hitter on it. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. That is playing professional baseball in well, front like, of 30,000 like, other people. I feel like that's like that's the one the one factor it has to be like if you tell the story, if you say what the story is, the, it's more of a feeling less than a description, if that makes sense. Like that's just Badass. That's just badass. It's, it's just badass. Yeah, something that that sets you apart to like stand above, yes. stand apart from everybody else. That you took, mm-hmm. you just went a little bit further and, against and, against the yeah. odds and against whoever was against exactly. you. In a, pro, in a profession that does nothing but go against you know the best. It's already the best people. It's already the most badass people in the world yeah. in your profession. And I just took it a step above because he was a fucking drug addict. <laughs> We love a good drug addict, man. You know, we love a good drug addict. Drugs, they get a bad rep, but they make people do incredible They're things. They're pretty fucking they can, fun. They can lead to a, a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, go first. Well, Justin, you started a little bit yeah. in yours. That was a good segue. Why don't you take yeah. us right into it here? All right. So, back in the day, there's Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher, Doc Ellis, D.A. I, I just typed in D.L. Dick. I love when people are named Doc. That's just like Doc. a bad... Yeah, that is a badass name. Hey, Doc, how you been lately? Now, is it, is it a nickname or is it their actual name? It's That's his real name. real name okay. was Doc. Yeah. D-O-C-K. Doc Philip Ellis Jr. That's badass. What's chat E? Oh, it's D-O-C-K? It would have been a little bit it more, been yeah, a little been more badass if it was just D-O-C. Um, so, in 70s, Doc Ellis, um, you know, hit the San Diego Padres 2-0 in the first game of a two-game doubleheader at San, San Diego Stadium, while reportedly under the influence of LSD. Now, what do you mean by reportedly? Um, so, he's the one who claims he was on LSD. Okay. There, there, there are multiple stories to back it up. Yeah. And there are also multiple stories that completely deny the whole thing. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's, as it's, as so, all that kind of stuff so, is, you know. You know? It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of hearsay yeah. at this point. It was the 70s. There was no fucking... There's a lot you know, of stuff know, going on in the 70s that were... Oh, my buddy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Caught a 10-pounder. <laughs> oh! Um, yeah, so... Uh, after the Pirates had flown to San Diego on Thursday, June 11th, a couple days, a day before the game, um, Ellis... He visited one of his friends in Los Angeles and reportedly used LSD two to three times. Quote, two to three times. I don't know what the fuck that means, but two to three times. Two to three times. He was, he's still thinking it was Thursday. He decided to take another hit of LSD on Friday at noon. Oh, man. Um, He thought it was Thursday, but it was Friday. He had to pitch later that night. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. So So was this like repeatedly like day after day he was taking it? Well, he was, he was. He was part of like the big, uh, in the seventies, they had a big cocaine bust in the, in the in major league baseball. He was really, really hit on a, he had a deep affinity for and just drugs in general. You know, he's a, he's a wealthier affinity. man in the seventies. A man interested in the art of experimentation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 knew he had to pitch until his, his friend's girlfriend reminded him at 2 PM that day that he had to pitch. He started. He was the starting pitcher for the Pirates at six o'clock that night. He, he didn't even know until two o'clock that day. The game was in San Diego, and he was in Los Angeles. <laughs> you so, four, you four hours shit. to get your <laughs> shit together and get to San Diego. He flew from to San pitch. Diego. 
From Los Angeles <laughs> to San Diego at 3 p.m., arrived at the stadium at 4.30, and the game started at 6.05 p.m. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fucking, and you guys, I mean, criminator. He was going through, he was, we all understand the, the, yeah. the full course that is encompassed yeah. when taking yeah. a, a little bit of the, um, the crazy juice. Uh, a quote from uh, Ellis a couple years, uh, probably, honestly, <laughs> here's, a couple. here's a quote from the Ellis. <laughs> 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 they asked the actual tab. Like, oh, you put was, me in the mouth, it and it was nothing but darkness. <laughs> but um, a couple decades later, this is his, re- his recount. I can only remember bits and pieces of the game. I was psyched, he said. I had a feeling of euphoria. I was zeroed in on the catcher's glove but I hit, didn't hit the glove too much. <laughs> I remember hitting a couple of batters, and the bases were loaded two or three times. The ball was small sometimes. The ball was large sometimes. Sometimes I saw the catcher. Sometimes I didn't. <laughs> sometimes I tried to stare the hitter down to throw while I was looking at him. Sometimes I chewed my gum into powder. Apparently <laughs> 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 he chewed two or three pieces of gum just into straight powder during the game. Powder. I can't blame I, them, bro. No, I can Chewing understand that, that much. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, can you imagine just well, yeah, tripping sack in, in a big <laughs> baseball stadium, dude? I, I already if like if I don't stop to eat, if you give me a piece of gum at like nine a.m. Yeah. and I don't have a meal or something, I'll chew it yeah. until yeah. until until I'm back at like either home or the rest point. I'll chew it just endlessly, yeah. and it's just. Just at the end of it, 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 it is. It, it looks more like a rock. Yeah, <laughs> he says they say I had about two or three, or they say I had about three or four fielding chances. I remember diving out of a, out of the way of a ball I thought was a line drive. I jumped, but the ball wasn't hit hard, and it never reached him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said he never used LSD prior baseball season ever again. He he says he he did do it a little bit there. But he did continue the use of amphetamines, which wasn't cocaine. It was amphetamines. That was his, uh, those ones that used to keep truckers away. What are they fucking called? Well, it used to keep Johnny Cash away, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he regretted it because it robbed him of his greatest professional memory. It was his only no-hitter. Outside of that, he had a, he had a good career, but it was relatively quiet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He didn't, you know. But the thing is, do you, would he have pitched the no-hitter? If it, wo- if, if if it were, weren't for the LSD. Well, and that's a, that's a question that remains to be seen because he says he was psyched. So he was obviously enjoying it. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think that takes a special kind of badass person well, yeah. to enjoy tri- not only tripping in front of 30,000 other people, but to perform at the highest level in, in your professional in set- sport. Yeah, baseball in the yeah. 70s was no joke. Like, they're... Those those stands are stacked. <laughs> yeah, and and people. San Diego too. I mean, San Diego, stay classy, yeah. San Diego. And you know, I just think the fact that he was able to do what he did, not completely fall apart. I can barely. The talk. fact that he could compose and keep himself composed. The That's whole the, I game. Think it's now, imagine that, because you know, like, definitely with LSD, you you get a sense of like paranoia a mm-hmm. little bit, but like, imagine having that sensation, even though you know he was kind of. He was in. He was definitely into the trip. Like oh, yeah, probably yeah. in the come down by the time. He Imagine was, looking at the crowd. That's what I was. Yeah. He was like yeah. looking up there, and it's just all these people <laughs> looking at you. Well, he was six hours into this trip. Yeah. After a a a, a day long binge of acid, so he did it two to three times. 
This may, probably means right, he man. took two to three tabs before he took this last tab. And, you know, it's the 70s. You never know what you're taking That's back then. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's that experimental fucking MK Ultra LSD that he was taking. <laughs> no, no, that was the 60s and 50s for the MK Ultra, man. Yeah, yeah and they, there was a. I, I found out about this in 2014, 2015. There was a documentary on Netflix about it called No, No. Documentary spelled D O C K. Oh, fun! Yeah, it was a little bit, of, a little bit of a pun there. Damn. But um, but it recounted oh, wait, I just his. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was Ladies like gentlemen. racking my brain for a second. Tom like, has entered the building. I'm here. <laughs> I can't think of. I I don't think even if I was a an, a trained athlete. I don't think I could ever get in front of that many fucking people on acid well, and perform the way that he did. Pitching, too. Pitching. I mean, shit. Which is more of a fucking mental game than it is a physical game. It'll be just going off of it's not just like memory. Yeah. I think also you got to think about it. If he's, if he's going out and he's pitching mm. to these huge crowds all the time, you know, that probably is like a sensitized. Yeah. That's probably that's an average yeah. everyday thing yeah. for him. Yeah. And that season he started 23 games, which yeah. nowadays is unheard of. Yeah. People don't start, you know, they start 11 or 12 nowadays, not fucking 23. Yeah. That was, and that was back in the day when they would throw 100, 110, 120 pitches in a game. So he was his arm was torn up by the end of his career. So it's like every other fucking pitch. But and I think I think baseball, specifically being a pitcher, that's probably the only sport where you could show up tripping sack and still perform at a higher level. Because I feel like it is maybe catcher. Yeah, maybe I, catcher. Uh, maybe uh, catcher for the worst. Honestly, catcher yeah. might be the worst Cause one. Because because if you're a catcher, though, you're. Your whole goal is to catch the ball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's that's the biggest. Yeah, you be back the there. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. And if you can't even see the fucking thing coming at you, if there's <laughs> yeah. like six of them coming at you. And he's you talking about even... like the ball was like small and, and big, and, and you couldn't see you them. Imagine and then the catcher runs and catches it with his teeth. And it just it's <laughs> like, like a dog running. Like, imagine that speed though too. That's what I'm saying. Like what? Ninety miles per hour? I don't know how fast Doc Ellis pitched, but I'm sure it was two hundred, two hundred, two hundred miles per hour. <laughs> it probably looked like it was two hundred miles. Just an throwing hour. Lambos, just <laughs> down, down fucking plate. Yeah, well, and it's uh, they call it the night of lightning. He, he, he made the All Star <laughs> team. He, he made the All Star team in 1971, and he oh. won the World Series championship. In 1971 as well. Oh, so he's, after he, he I'll never do that. But that's I'll his, never do that either. He he won a world he won a World Series, but so his, he says later. his career highlight is is the no hitter throwing a no hitter on LSD. Well, at least you'll always be remembered, even if like maybe you don't remember it. It's that quirk. Everybody, everybody else will remember you as like, oh yeah, dude, he he yeah. threw that while tripping. It's like um, what's that um, Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. Yeah. About the guy thought. who he like he drank like it was like on on it's always sunny episode which is why I know about oh yeah and he yeah, but yeah, yeah he drank like thirty about. something beers <laughs> on the flight and on the then game. he I don't I think he also pitched a no hitter he might have I can look it up real something what like that hell? it's not it's not worth, it's really not worth it it's not worth it honestly I'm doing it no but I, know, I mean that's thirty beers on the, how long was the flight something like I don't know it was it was I think it's a I, I think bro it, was it took across, me. When I went to Michigan the with my coworkers, country? it took me five days to get through 30 beers. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Guess what Wade Boggs' nickname was? What? 
Chicken Man. Chicken Man. <laughs> chicken man. Uh, this ar- this chicken. article from the Legends Clothing Company is titled The Legend of Wade Chicken Man Boggs. <laughs> That's a badass name. Chicken yeah. Man. Uh, chicken Man. Up to bat. Chicken Man. No, Wade he, was a, he wasn't a pitcher. He was a, uh, okay. But he... The Hall of Fame baseball player is better known for his drinking habits than the 3,000 hits he racked up or the five batting titles. Okay. So, yeah. At least he's known for something. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's the same thing with, like, Doc Ellis, you know? Because, like, I mean, it's, like, because you have that, like, quirk that, like, makes you stand out. Because, like, other people have also pitched no-hitters. It's like, you oh, know, been plenty other of people he's no, you know, like, Babe Ruth or yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. But Babe Ruth or Ken Griffey Jr. never, you know, they never tripped pitched on a no-hitter a fucking on LSD. Well, we don't know yeah. about Babe. Well, yeah, Babe. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, you never know. He had that lettuce leaf under his hat That's to stay cool, saying. man. Crazy. So the, the, the legend is, not 30 beers. Yeah. His most famous story is his 1994 flight in which Boggs reportedly drank 64 beers. Jesus oh Christ. Starting in Cleveland and ending in Boston. That's a Holy fucking three-hour flight. At, like, at, 60, at 64. That's 20 beers a minute. Now, did he bring this beer with him? Or was like, did he, did he just 20 drink beers an hour, you out? mean? Not or 20 beers an hour, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, still. I mean, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. 20 beers an hour. God damn. Nah. That's every every three minutes you'd be gassing one. Gassing one. Just. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. Man, there, there's some people, though, I've seen. One thirsty yeah. motherfucker. If you're fucking used to it, man, it's yeah. nothing. <laughs> you ever seen one of those people that, like, like, like everyone's shotgunned a beer and whatnot. And, like, yeah. it takes you a minute. But there's some people where it's, like, they it's open it and it's gone. Like, yeah. they, it doesn't even seem like they, they drank my, it. My brother Nate can do that. Like, it's like, it's like a millisecond. I've seen him, I've seen him gas a tall boy. In like a millisecond, Bruce like it's just go gone. That was how a friend of mine named Anthony from he graduated already, but went to Columbus and he was like, "You've never seen someone gas like I gas." <laughs> and it was like we went out and he it was literally just yeah. like I, I didn't even think he opened it, bro. I, I was like, what? "What? Oh my god!" You wanna, so you want to know what Doc Ellis says? This is the scariest moment of his career. What? is when he attempted to pitch while sober in a 1973 game because he could not recreate his mechanics whatsoever because he was sober. Really? Mm. Yeah, like... Yeah. So he... Yeah. He just so he went to his locker, took some amphetamines with coffee, <laughs> and returned to pitch. <laughs> Hold up. So the man was a Hold drug-fueled up. pitching machine, essentially. He was a drug-fueled pitching fucking machine. God the drugs keep me lubricated. Right. I, I think... I think... This is pretty badass. That's pretty that is pretty badass. Pretty badass. I do think it's pretty badass. That's something I I I, yeah. I could never do. Yeah. Well, I don't no. think I could even pitch a I couldn't pitch a pee wee baseball game a no hitter. That's probably. what I'm saying. I couldn't even throw a ball down the plate. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I don't even think I could throw a strike. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, honestly, like it takes a lot of a lot of strength and a lot of skill and to be so proficient a lot in of it. And, mental fortitude. Well, I mean, yeah. to be so proficient in it that you can take. You can go on a like an acid binge and pitch a no hitter. Seems <laughs> absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple more interesting moments of his career when he he uh, he maced a Cincinnati Reds security guard because he wouldn't let him in the in the uh, building. 
And then fun. two years later, because the, the Reds tried to sue him after that, so two years later, he attempted to hit every single batter in the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> 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 That's respect right there. That's respectable. Mad hometown yeah. respect right there. Yeah. yeah. Part of it was because his – that was way – that was like in this 1974, so that was like right in the middle of the big red machine. So oh, that's yeah. When the Reds were very fucking good. And he says that his entire team was was intimidated by them, so that's why he tried to hit every single batter. <laughs> they were all intimidated by them. He needed to be intimidated. He had drugs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he had amphetamine and coffee. He dropped yeah. a sheet of acid into the Reds' Powerade that night. Oh my god! He what? He saw the big red machine that day. He, he saw the big red machine. And you know what? He didn't quit. <laughs> 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 he tried to hit every single fucking one of them. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> that takes that takes but fortitude. But if you right. dance in the big red machine, so that's Doc Ellis, legendary, uh, Le- badass. badass, badass. I'll tell you what, he's a psychedelic king. He's a, he's a hero in the world of psychedelics. In my, that is one badass moment, Justin. All right, who's next? That's like way over to you, Sam. Okay. I know you said you had an extensive amount of paperwork. <laughs> I, have, I have an extensive amount of paperwork. So, um, scholar, hunter, amateur boxer, police commissioner, and two-termed president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt was shot October 14, 1912 in Milwaukee on the way to give a speech for his third term. Why in Milwaukee, man? I love Milwaukee. <laughs> That's a great city. Yeah. He didn't die. Somebody wanted nope, him. That's there. not when he died. Um, for those, for if you don't know anything about Roosevelt, the best thing that the best quote I can give to you is what um the then Vice President Thomas Marshall said about him on the day he died, um, January 6, 1919, when he died in his sleep. They said death had to take Roosevelt in his sleep, for if he had been awake, there would have been a fight. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Roosevelt dude. was a monster. As oh, I said, course. like this that short that's not Read even. Read that list again. Read that list. Scholar. Again. He was a graduate of Harvard. Okay. He's a hunter, big game hunter, I anything hunter. About that for sure. Crazy. Like he it was some of the stuff he's fought is insane. <laughs> he was an amateur boxer. Oh shit. He was at one time the NYPD police commissioner yeah. and he reformed the police into like I don't know, like it kind of unified it a what little was bit in the early 1900s, too. Early right? 1900s. So, yeah. yeah. Then um, two-term president of the United States oh. of America. And this is when he was running for his third term under the Progressive Party, or what he affectionately called the Bull Moose Party. The Bull Moose Party? Bull yes. Moose. You know why he called it the Bull Moose Party? Nothing stronger than a Bull Moose. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> Two well, of his favorite like, there's fucking a bunch animals. Of on it. But, um, so Roosevelt was in Milwaukee in 1912 for the presidential campaign tour. And he was running for the Progressive Party, like I said, under the Bull Moose campaign. He had left the Gilpatrick Hotel where he'd been staying and was heading to the auditorium to give his speech. And that's when he was shot. He was shot by the, th- the then 36-year-old gunman, John Schrank. Schrank had a dream. Shrank. He had a dream that the then assassinated president, William McKinley, had rose from the grave <laughs> and pointed to Teddy Roosevelt blaming him for his death and asking Shrank to avenge his death. <laughs> wow. At which Shrank almost succeeded. Yeah. He hit Teddy right in the heart. Oh, wow. Which it. would have been great if it weren't for Teddy's 50-page manuscript and his glasses cage, which he kept in his breast pocket. <laughs> now, upon this, like, there are several eyewitnesses 
and the majority of them say that no one was more calm in the entire crowd than Roosevelt, who was just dead, like, just stone cold the entire time. Man just got shot in the heart. <laughs> so he proceeded to look in his coat for the entry room, which he found in his rib cage, which was where protruding from his heart. And then there was no exit wound. So he proceeded to cough into his hand to check for blood, found none, then said to the crowd, it takes more than one bullet to kill a bull moose, and then proceeded on oh to the speech. Oh, that's Jesus fuck, Christ. <laughs> despite, the, despite the wishes of his staff, he proceeded to the auditorium to give his speech. And he, the first thing he said to the audience was, Friends, I shall ask you to be as quiet as possible. I don't know whether you fully understand that I have been shot. Fortunately, my manuscript, so you see, I was going to make a long speech, and there is a bullet, and there is where the bullet went through, and it, is po and it probably saved me from going into my heart. The bullet is now in me, so I, cannot make a, so I cannot make a very long speech, but I will try my best. He proceeded to deliver an 84-minute speech. Oh, my Jesus God. Christ. And as he uh -huh. read, he was just releasing the pages, like, because he's a very passionate guy. He, he had a very, like, um, he had a habit of pounding his hand into his fists when he spoke. So as he was reading, he's flipping the pages. They're just covered in his blood. He just yeah. tossed them into the audience. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> After the speech, he proceeded to go to the hospital, where the doctors found it was safer not to operate on him. Take the bullet. Then take the bullet out. So the bullet stayed there until the day he died. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's just one story yeah. of Teddy yeah. Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt is definitely like when it comes to like I, I think a lot of like politicians nowadays will be like you know I'm, I'm, I'm oh, this type I'm this type of man I represent this grouping of people. Teddy Roosevelt was like a oh, man. man's <laughs> man. He was like because he was like I said he was running for a third term, which is not. Okay, but <laughs> the thing is, he um because he got his first term because he was the VP for McKinley, mm. who was assassinated, yep. and he took the reins. So technically, it would have been his second term he was running for. But he also oh, okay, like yeah. he also because he he had picked Taft to succeed him and hopefully lead the progressive way he was going because it wasn't just shits and giggles why he picked a progress the progressive party. He was. A very progressive president. He's the reason why we have a lot of parks in America. He's like the reason of Yellowstone, like history museums and things like that. He's a very like, he's got a lot to do with American history. The, the I can go into the Panama Canal and how horrible that is and how <laughs> great that is for commerce, but that's a different story. That's a whole other story. Not as not as badass as this, but still, because that's fucking badass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't like, even imagine. Dude like, got <laughs> shot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just shook it off and was like, "All right." He just he just coughed all while fucking pumping blood out of his out of his gut, and he's over there banging his fist into yeah. his hand. They um they they have his they have like well, couldn't find pictures of the speech, but I found a picture of his glasses container, and it's just like big hole in the middle of it. Oh shit! And then there's his shirt, which they actually have his shirt still, huge blood stain, just like covering his entire side of his torso. Crazy. Yeah. And he did an eighty-four minute speech. Eighty-four minute speech. You know, you know what the speech was on? Um, it, was just for, it, was it was just a campaign, campaign speech. speech. Okay. He, he, he was like, because when they tried to, they stopped him. They're like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you should go to the hospital. He's like, no, I'm going to give my speech. No, I'm going to give my speech. I'm going to give my speech. <laughs> you know, that's like one of those moments in history, though, that like everything lined up so perfectly that that he didn't die. Oh, like, yeah. imagine if he had just put 
his stuff in his lower exactly, pocket. Exactly. It would have just gotten – he would have been dead. He yeah. would have been dead on spot. But just that chance that he decided to put – you said it was a 55-page speech? A 50-page manuscript. 50-page manuscript. You imagine how many times he had to fold that. Yeah. It's, to put it, it was, into his pocket. They they said that he had folded it. I think it was like a trifold or something like that. So, like, it was definitely uh. protruding. So, like, it slowed the bullet a shit ton. Probably say it saved his yeah. life for yeah. sure. No, he – so when I – didn't, I didn't write that down because I didn't plan on saying it. But he – um when the guy shot him, he just – he didn't fall down. He was calm as shit. Yeah. And he told his security guards and the crowd to not beat him and to bring him up here. And he looks him dead in the eyes trying to get an answer. Like, why'd you do that? Like, why'd you do that? And he got, <laughs> and he got, and he got nothing from him. And so he's just like, all right, enough. And he pushed him away. He's that's, like, well, they just announced to the crowd, it's going to take more than that to kill Bull Moose. <laughs> that's funny because that's like your mom. Like, why would you do that? Well, he, what do you think you just I'm did, like, young man? What, I'm not you. mad. I'm disappointed. I think Teddy like, Roosevelt what is, is like, the re- what was the reason of that? Like, literally, he's just like, why? He, why? He's like that wise father to anybody yeah. and everybody who Whoever he meets, he's like, I know more than you. Honest, honest. <laughs> when he's talking to when he's talking to security guard, he's just like, he pinked me. He pinked me. He pinked me. I got me. pinked. <laughs> yeah, because like, oh. well, like, he's like the. Well, I also forgot to mention like all the Rough Rider shit too, because he almost he wanted to fight in World War World War One. Yeah. Yeah. He was and he died in 1919, and he ran for he ran for a third term in 1912. So like, how old was he when he passed away? Sixty three, I believe. Sixty three, Jesus. He had written, he had written like two hundred books, and he had become governor by the time he was like well, twenty nine. He initially had started out as what, like a, uh, he studied like, because I know he was a big, well, you basically would call an environmentalist. He set yes. up a lot of like national parks because I know yes. he had a big hand in like Yosemite, yep. correct? Yosemite and Yellowstone. Yeah, like he. He was a huge nature lover, partly from the hunting, but I think he also well, admired. No, he, he, just also, he would go on hikes and everything. Like I'm reading, yeah. um, I'm reading. I think his name's Edmund Morris's um, Theodore Rex right now. He has a three part biography series on Teddy Roosevelt. Once everything before he was president, his actual terms as president, and then everything after that, and like just the because the book opens with him um, hearing about McKinley being shot, and he's hiking in like this mountain up in upstate New York. And he like is like, all right, I gotta go. He kisses the wife and kids goodbye, and he books it down this mud slicked mountain in the middle of the rain, just going down this fucking mountain with his secretary. Like he, he was a very carriage, he was sure. yeah, yeah he was he was a nature he was just a nature man, and he he liked being outside, and he liked because he was a he was a very sickly child growing up, and he like he over obviously he overcame all that shit yeah yeah because he got shot yeah made a speech <laughs> nothing he couldn't overcome. Uh, we can definitely say that Teddy Roosevelt is worthy of the title of badass, badass man. Yeah. So this being one of his more badass moments. Yeah, that's de- that's definitely probably one of like the yeah. the like almost movie esque yeah. level of yeah. like because it it literally is like a fucking movie. Yeah, it plays like, out like a fucking movie. But well, to go from there, I guess we can go towards my person. Which, forgive me, I do not have three pages worth of <laughs> information. of information on. Well, here. you saw how fast I burned through that. So. Yeah, so <laughs> my guy, I definitely was a little bit more last minute to kind of come into. But when you kind of look into who this guy was, really, he didn't live a life that was super badass. Like Teddy, Teddy had. He had a entire, fruitful life. Yes, his life was just bountiful and experience. The best thing you could probably live. Yeah, hmm. like he he just did. Many admiral things. This guy kind of had one thing towards the end that really just was worthy of the 
the name Badass. Okay. So the person I'm talking about is only known by the name Galvarino. Okay. Galvarino was a mop. Forgive me because there's a lot of Spanish or Latin words, and I never took Spanish, so I'm probably about to Ignorant. butcher a lot of these, and I do okay. apologize to any of our listeners who actually know. You just got to work your way. Sound it out, Tom. If you want to correct Tom, just send, go to our <laughs> Facebook I, I, page. I, I, hit, us up on, hit us up on, that's at Mud Pit Pod. That's at, Mud, at Mud, Mud Pit, Pit Pod. You want to yell at Tom? Send all your angry messages send about how Tom is, is Why did you take Spanish French? <laughs> when will you ever use French? Est-ce que je peux aller aux toilettes? Le pomme de terre? Apple of the earth. What the? French sounds like to me. Yeah, you know, you know how you say butter in French? <laughs> it's fun. Hey, can you pass the? <laughs> but Galvarino, Galvarino was part of the Mapuche warrior tribe, which hmm. Ma- uh, Galvarino lived from. September 21st, 1490 okay. to November 30th, 1557. Okay. So we're talking oh, oh. in the, like, way back in the day, yeah. the age of exploration. So he was born prior to Columbus even coming over sure. to America and discovering it. But what makes him badass is his interactions with those who came in. Now, the Mapuche were part of a Chile, Chilean? Chilean. 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 There we go. Chilean? Chilean. They were part of the Chile guys. He was part of a Chilean tribe. And basically, uh, they had Spaniards coming into their country. And during that age, as we all know of the horrors that Christopher Columbus kind of did to people, they basically were coming in and telling them, we own everything. You belong to us. You You are incorrect. Everything, your entire way of living is wrong because it's not ours. So naturally, someone coming into your land that you've known your entire life, but has been your heritage, you're going to fucking fight back. You're going to stand for your, your surrounding and your culture. So, you know, these uh, Mapuche go into war basically with the Spaniards. And in, sadly, you know, eventually Spaniards kind of take it because it advanced technology and firearms and whatnot. Oh, nice. But on a particular battle known as... The Battle of Lagunilas. Mapuche, uh, Galvarino was one of 150 Mapuche warriors who were taken captive. And they were taken captive, and they were, they had, uh, they were put into punishment for insurrection. Some of these prisoners were condemned to amputation of their right hand and their nose, while others were sentenced to amputation of both of their hands. And Galvarino huh. was one of these to lose both hands. Both his hands? Both of his hands cut off Damn. by the Spaniards. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he was then released as a lesson and a warning to the rest of the Mapuche. Sent back, went back, recovered from his injuries. And, you know, you come out of losing a limb. That's a huge thing. That's a, especially yeah. your hands. What can, what can you rip? Odd. And yes, we are nubs. What yeah. can you do? Nubs, dude. Hundreds and hundreds of years before. Well, I guess maybe they probably had pegs. Yeah, they, but they, like, they probably had something. But like, I mean, yeah. There's there's no hope for you. Basically, yeah. it, it it's kind of in that same theory of like, I think about like if I was born back in the day before glasses, I would be, <laughs> I would be fucked because I can't see shit. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, I, I would I would be where are we going? Yeah. So a man with no hands. But this didn't, like, deter 
This did not deter Galvarino. Instead, he goes back to his tribe, sent as a warning, but he goes and invigorates them to fight more, heals from these amputations, and decides that the only logical thing to do is to strap blades to his arms <laughs> yes. and Natural. return to war. Yeah. Fucking naturally. Fucking yes. <laughs> You know, Fuck, naturally, yeah. I just lost both hands, but you know what? I have a fucking war. Yeah, that's blade. cool. He's not going to go down fucking, yeah. he's not going to go down without swinging. With his fucking you know? tail tucked between yeah. his legs. Uh-huh. He's got his a big old gone. swinging cock. Yeah, basically, well, you, you come back, you, you get blades for hands, and you're like, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm, going yeah. I'm coming back with vengeance. I'm going to cut off a whole lot more hands. He came back, and basically, he kind of, uh, because he was sent as a warning, and because he kind of knew about the Spaniards now, he was kind of put a little bit higher up and kind of given as like more of a second in command post, I guess okay. you could say, because they had like their own like general in their army. Well, yeah. Advanced, you know, advanced enough culture to have a general and whatnot. But one of the quotes of him coming into battle with the blades, as they said, he came commanding as a sergeant and animating his men in this way. E, my brothers, see that you all fight very well. You do not want to be as I am without hands, so yet you will not be able to work nor eat. If you do not give it to them. And he raised his arms high, showing them the cause for them to fight with more spirit, saying to them, Those that you are going to fight with, cut them, and also will do to which whatever they take, and nobody is allowed to flee but to die, because you die defending your mother country. Moved ahead of his squadron in the distance, and said with a loud voice that he would die first, and though he no longer had hands, that he would do what he could with his teeth. Holy oh, shit, man. Holy fuck. He's, he's not going to fucking quit. No. And see, he's that's... do what he can with his teeth. Yeah. Sadly, though, obviously going back into battle with blades for hands, although badass in just spirit, he was eventually captured. Yeah. They, uh, the Spaniards thought, though, that they respected him on that level, that he returned to battle after being amputated, losing both of his hands. Yeah. That he came back with... Swords for hands. They had him for prisoner, and honestly, they respected him. They thought that was great, and they were honestly weren't going to kill him. But upon meeting their general or their chief, he spit in his face, oh, and yeah. as punishment, they literally <laughs> threw him to their dogs. And they said he still, even when we're thrown to the dogs, tied up, was trying to bite and fight back against them. Dude, they forgot to put the quid in him. There, there was none, That's dude. Fucking no such great. thing, buddy. Good on no him, man. No such fucking thing. That is fucking badass. That's a hey. different. See, and that's like a level of like dedication yeah. and like you could almost a lot of like Japanese, I would say, are kind of on that yeah. level of just yeah. dedication of pride and honor to your heritage and your home country. That you just kill me. I don't want to go back. Well, I mean, like at that point, like what? 1500s, 1400s. Dude doesn't have hands. He doesn't have any hands. And he's a warrior. So, like, what else is there to do? There's really, like, you have nothing else to do. Nothing but. else to do. Like, he's not going to, someone is, pri- well, obviously he's prideful, but, like, he's not going to sit back and, like, let people, like, feed him and, like. Yeah, because what is he going to, yeah, what is he going to do? Even wipe his own ass. I mean, how? Yeah. Well, Did they wipe asses back then? I don't know. They probably, uh, like, I like, I like to hope so. In the medieval times, supposedly there was a shared sponge. 
It was like a sponge. It was like on Roman a stick. time, wasn't that's it? That's how the like that's how you get yeah. the plague, people. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that. We yeah. learned that the plague. bubonic plague. <laughs> it it might have killed you know a couple million people, but we learned that pretty fucking quick. Yeah. Pretty fast, man. You can't know. be wiping your ass with a community sponge. Uh, yeah, true. You can't wipe <laughs> your you can't wipe your ass with a blade either, man. No. You cutting off. The I poop. bet. I bet back in that day, I bet they just fucking grew fucking like a forest down there. Oh, they have mm. like yeah. yeah, like and they probably didn't wipe at all. They just fucking. It just caked up. Yeah, it just yeah. caked but up. But still, it's it's a sad existence for a warrior to live yeah. with no hands. Yeah, yeah. It's true. But I think even you know being captured and whatnot, an admiral death that you know even in the end, it, the enemy respected him on that level yeah. that they weren't going to. But he didn't care. He didn't want their respect. He just wanted to to bring yeah, the it, honor. It meant and nothing to him to fight until he fucking took his last breath. Exactly. And that's one of the things we're we're saying that you know. When you classify the idea of being badass, it's going beyond. Just he went beyond so many other. Because there's plenty of people who would come back and you know amputated hands, probably just. Oh yeah. What can I do? I, like my entire existence is gone. But he was like, no, fuck it. Put the fucking bullet. Give me swords. <laughs> Keep fucking tape. I'm going back, bro. Tape them bitches to my hand. Right, and they. I mean, they're that's they were just tied on there, just strapped on to nubs. Just going into battle, just screaming and killing and fighting, fighting with his teeth and <laughs> blade fans. He said he was going to kill everybody with his teeth. I cannot believe that he was still fighting when they throw him to the dogs. That is awesome. That yeah. is badass. Fighting at the dogs. Yeah. I'm dogs are scary. I, I, like to, I, like to, I like to think that he took a few with him. I would, I would, I he like at least to think got a too. good chomp. On Let's one. say yeah. he, he took a chunk out of one of them. Yeah. yeah. And that's well, it all depends if they is. left him as knives or not. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't they know. Took, I, they I think he was, he was probably tied up, if anything, and they're just like, fuck him. That's still badass. Definitely. Badass. Badass. For badass sure. Man. Now, like y'all three, who you chosen single people, I decided to choose an event. Oh, okay. A moment. He's switching it up. This moment is in 1946. First Furcon. Called the Battle of Athens. Yeah, y'all heard of this? 1946? 1946, yeah. I think I have. It was Tennessee. Athens, it was in two towns called Athens and Etowa. And essentially, what it was is the years leading up to 1946, there was a lot of political corruption going on, a bunch of just bullshit, you know, and through these 10 years, tensions were building up. There was this guy. His name was Paul Cantrell. He was the Democratic sheriff there. And over these years, he was a very corrupt sheriff, often taking bribes or benefiting off of, uh, like, you know, alcohol stills and shit like that. Well, he also became state senate over five years or so. And in that time, he act- he, laws were passed to lessen the political opposition by, like, you know, cutting down numbers of people throughout the towns. And the police people... The policemen were also paid on fees, not fees, but like per booking, how okay. many people they arrest. So this led to a lot of predatory policing. Yeah. Uh, there was counts of them just running onto the buses and pulling people out for being drunk. Oh, but whether that, it was man. proved or not, they didn't give a fuck. They just, they kept racking it up, racking they, it up. They got the money for the arrest. Why would the exactly. fuck do they care? Yeah. Exactly. And so this just kept building and building and building. And this is about the time World War II was ending. So everyone was like, oh, just wait till the good old boys come back from war. Because they had about 3,000 GIs that were coming back. 
Mm. But if it was in a relatively small town. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember the number, but it couldn't be more than like 20,000. Yeah, right, yeah. A lot of, that's a lot of GIs coming into that. that yeah. A, lot a of, whole lot of testosterone back in town. A whole lot of fucking. The boys are back in town, baby. Definitely <laughs> back. And you know what they want to do when they get back? They want to drink. They want to drink yeah. and they want to fuck. And they were getting tired. They were getting tired of these sheriffs and deputies arresting them for being drunk. They got to the point where they formed their own non bipartisan party <laughs> and had yeah, candidates dude. running this upcoming election. And, you know, tensions kept building as the elections kept coming forward. Bunch of bullshit being slung back and forth. It came to a point where, upon election day, the sheriff, who was Paul Cantrell, brought in 200 extra deputies to intimidate voters to also cause mayhem. So they had, the GIs had poll watchers you know, to make sure everything was fair. Well, it all started when police pulled up, stormed, it was a crowd of them, stormed the box, the voting polls, and took the voting boxes. And in terms, when they were trying to take it, there was one GI there who tried to stop them and pulled a gun on them. And one, I don't know who the policeman was, it wasn't the main sheriff, and he'd shot the man. So this obviously set some shit off. Yeah, oh shit. They, the police formed like a line with their bodies as they grabbed the man in the boxes and threw him into the back of their police car and went to the jail to count the, bo- the ballots. So this is obviously illegal. You're supposed to count these ballots <coughs> in public. So, you know, crooked shit all around. Well, all the GIs, they're like, well, fuck that shit. Yeah. We're going to go get them. So they end up crowding the jail cell, jail house. And it was maybe like nine or so. They gave him an ultimatum to... Bring the ballots out or they're going to blow it down and come in. And these are about reports from like 200 to 1,000 GIs or so surrounded the jailhouse. (laughs) I forget who fired the first shot, but when they fired that first shot, the gunfire lasted for three hours. Jesus, man. Oh, my God. Prior to this... They had went to the armory in the town because uh, they had gotten in, like one of the GIs had gotten in to work in there and had seriously just produced some keys. They raided the armory prior to that, which was a shit ton of weapons, a yeah. bunch of submachine guns, M1s, all that. But the gunfire breaks out. Three straight hours. Nobody gets killed. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> but multiple people get shot. Uh... It gets to the point where they're like, all right, fuck it. Go get the dynamite. Because they had mining operations. So they went and got the dynamite. And around 3 a.m., there was a former munition specialist who was in, from the Army. He taped them together, three apiece. And they threw four of them in total. The first one, they threw it. It blew up a sheriff's car, made it flip. They threw three more, and it just blew the front of the jail off. Oh, shit. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. The... People inside eventually came out and they got the boxes. But once they got all the deputies, the town just whooped their ass. <laughs> like they beat the shit out of some of these people. There was like a former jail a guard that they just especially didn't like, and so they slit his throat. Oh, oh god. And then other the other ones, they just beat the ever living shit out of these people. Yeah. You know, now you got a jailhouse 
but the whole wall missing. <laughs> so the GIs went into the jail, rounded up all the prisoners, and put them back in their cells. <laughs> and then the main sheriff guy had snuck out during all of this. And he was like, fuck that. Nuh-uh. <laughs> so the GIs just stayed on guard for weeks. They would have people on the roofs, mounted patrols. Trying to look out for him? Yeah, just because they, they feared a counterattack. He's a wanted man. Yeah. Yes, he is. They feared a counterattack from one of the uh, neighboring counties. I think it was like Briggs. They were fearing for the National Guard as well. Yeah. And there's been multiple instances where they would like, they would rush to go start barricading shit up just because like someone's traveling through. They were that paranoid. Damn. Should have silenced that phone there, bitch. Yeah, I probably should. Goddamn. No, but that's fucking badass, honestly. Yeah. They came back. They, the police are like, like, they think they can take a bunch of GIs. They come back. I handled a Nazi. I can handle a cop. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the end result of all this? Did the sheriff get pushed out of the town? The what sheriff happened? resigned August oh, 5th. Thank God. Okay. They should have thrown him in. But dude. he only resigned yeah. by telegraph. He, he didn't want to come oh, back. They should have hunted his ass down. Fuck they killed him. that one guard. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And they were, he's too ass. scared. He didn't show his face in that town, but like he ended up coming back and because he had like brothers who owned banks, so he just worked at this bank, I think like in the neighboring county or something. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> uh, but as far as population, like crime and shit, nothing really happened. It was just kind of chill. And they had that one little explosion of of, of violence and anonymity. I don't know if you could. I call that civil disobedience. That is absolutely civil disobedience. That's fucking. That's what I like to hear about, man. You know, I I, I don't know the backstory too, but I remember seeing a photo of um, it was these people making a citizen's arrest on a on a like a cop sheriff. Really? It, um, and it was out front. It was just like you know farmers and civilians holding this guy down. Yeah. And if you look at this sign on the back, I guess the cop was going to uh, evict this family, but it said this house is uh, exempt from eviction. A widow lives here. Yeah, they wouldn't let the people evict this lady whose husband had died. Yeah, because it was just she was a member of the community, and it's like shit like that. That is like that. that that's man. community, man. Community coming together and all just looking out for each other. That's, and that shows man. what you can do if you just just love one another. If you yeah. and if and if you just cooperate with each other, get the other yeah. person's you know what back. I'm saying? You yeah. can you can really like you can fucking do some actual damage. You know. Could just it's like move mountains. Change ever, something. You ever heard of Henry David Thoreau? Or, yeah, yeah. He was like a transcendentalist back in the day. He had a whole book called Civil Disobedience. That was yeah. a lot about like how govern, like fuck government, just be together for each other. Yeah, that's like that's the type of shit that just dude that gets me fired up, man. That's <laughs> yeah. the type of shit that I'm like, damn, I'm an American. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about it, being able to stand up. And that's one hundred. That's one hundred percent an event that worthy of the title badass. Fucking badass. 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 These, have all, these have all been some pretty badass. And you know, and things. something that's pretty badass to talk about, and we totally forgot about it. What have y'all been bumping this oh, week? Oh, oh shit! Holy god! god I've been, I've been listening to some Ray Charles. Ray oh, Charles? Yeah. Oh, Charles? Oh, dude. Yeah. Ray Charles. He, well, he's actually blind. Stevie Wonder yeah. can see. You think Stevie can see? Bro, oh, look dude, it up online. Stevie Wonder can see. There's so many. Um, Shaq has told a story yeah. where he was in a, at a hotel in Los Angeles, and he was alone on this elevator. And he he comes up, and these doors open, and there's fucking Ray or Stevie Wonder just standing there. And then, without saying a word, without Shaq saying a word, Stevie says, "What's up, Shaq?" 
<laughs> I, I think it's uh, <laughs> Lionel Richie has talked a lot about Stevie's. He can see. There's videos of Mike stands now, falling like, and Stevie will catch him. Yeah, mid-fall. I saw that. But like, is it like? Some advanced is, I think he's vision impaired. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's full. He's not fully blind. Okay. So obviously, if you if you if you're in it's Los Angeles at a hotel yeah. and you see a, a very 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 large man, obviously, Shaq. yeah, it's probably Shaq. It's probably Shaq. <laughs> um, Ray Charles, Ray Charles yeah. is fucking. They um they put they put the um the biopic with um Jimmy Fox on um HBO Max and I rewatched that. So Good? oh yeah, I I've seen it before and it's oh it's great. It it kind of it cuts. It's it's good for the time. It's like two thousand three. Okay. So like he goes to rehab and the movie ends. It's like no, <laughs> no. It's whatever we wanted to see at the time, but no, yeah. you know, <laughs> not what it is. <laughs> All right, Tom. What have you been bumping? Uh, I've actually listened to a lot of Quincy Jones. Oh, wow. nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, actually, partly is I've been practicing drums a lot, yeah. and yeah. I'm finally able to do like what's called like sixteenth notes with just one hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has, I can't think of the name of the album. I think it's just called like Jams or something. But it's it's just him and one other guy just basically jamming. And they're so fun to just sit in the pocket to and just drum to. But yeah. like they're they're phenomenal. I I love Quincy Jones. Him and Dolly Parton. Yeah. I've been like the two that have been rotating yeah. a lot lately, which is a weird combo, but fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. I've been sitting on like a lot of like really old, like American roots and blues music like Mississippi yeah. John. I'm Hurt. talking, yeah, you know, 1300, 1300s Native American <laughs> hymns. And hey, chants. Hey, hey. No, it's like you know, Lead Belly, Mississippi John Hurt. Oh, Lead Belly, fucking build a pallet on my floor, ass, whatever man. the fuck the song's called. That's one of the yeah. only people to actually sing his way out of jail <laughs> twice. What? Yeah, nice. Lead Belly sung his way out of jail twice back in like the 30s. That's a badass. That's moment. that is badass. Yeah. Fucking Lead Belly, man. Fire. Badass. Um, what about you? Uh, really, I listen to more podcasts, but oh yeah, I listen to San Holo a lot. What's your What's your uh, What's your main What's your go to podcast right now? PKA. Okay, definitely. My go to podcast is Mud Pit Podcast. Mud Pit Podcast at Mud Pit Pod. Actually, Ryan, I thought of you today because when I was at work, a guy came in with a t shirt of Abe Lincoln's top hat. Oh shit! Yeah, I told him I was like, dude, I like your shirt. That's sweet. Fire, man! I've been listening to a lot of. I've I have actually been listening to a lot of Abe Lincoln's top hat. Shout out Last Podcast Network. Shout out. Shout out. They have the best podcast. But Abe Lincoln, it's very good. So with those, got we have we have one other section we have to declare, and it is it is a big one this week. We were talking about the perp of the week. And this might be this is might go down as perp of the year. Okay, the and it's going out. I to, think you should put some like siren sound effects like right there. This is all right, right here. We'll put out perp of the year possible candidate. Oh wow. Okay. We're gonna give it up for our boy Bobby Landry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tennessee. Shout out. Well, no, not shout out. Shout fuck down. You. Fuck shout off. Down. Fuck Bobby Landry. Fuck Bobby Landry. <laughs> So we're not we gonna give any we context. We're not gonna give any context to it, but fuck Bobby, He's fuck a bitch. off. Fuck you. You know I wish I'd that... gotten my dick sucked <laughs> in that location. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a perp on you. But yeah, he is a candidate for perp of the year. To think he, to think that man shares a name with Bobby Schmurda. All right. <laughs> The man or, who made Bobby he shares, a, right. he shares a last name with Tom Landry, yeah, I can't legendary that. football coach. Fuck the Green Bay Packers. 
Bro, I like the Packers. Bob, fuck the I like I like Bob Landry. Like Bob fuck, Landry. Fuck Bob. Fuck Bob Landry. Fuck Bob yeah, Landry. I do agree. Landry. Hell yeah. That's one. That's one thing we can sit on. Oh yeah. So that's um. I think that's been this week's Mud Pit podcast. Yeah. Yes. Stay tuned. Just follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's at Mud Pit Pod. That's Mud Pit Mud Pit Mud Pit Mud Pit Mud Pit Mud Pit. You want to keep listening and. We'll keep putting it out for you, boys. It's yep. at Mud Pit Pod. Shout out to Ireland. You want to follow us? Shout out to, Shout out to Ireland. Ireland, yeah. Ireland, we love you. Yeah, Ireland, we love yeah, you. Thanks for listening, y'all. <laughs>